in that way, I think we didn't make any compromises. We thought of the fullest and on every level. And it's also the way that we developed it. Um, everyone had to have in mind the customer first. In the last years, I think we have a very closed teamwork there together with the guys from concept, together with the guys from the software, and also the guys who are buying the hardware, you know. So it's just a very complex uh, topic to build a modern, intelligent uh, MBUX. Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Mercedes, the podcast by Mercedes-Benz. This is all about exciting topics like mobility, innovation, technology and much more. To open up new perspectives and to gain deeper insights, we meet experts from inside Mercedes-Benz and experts from all over the world. My name is Sarah Elsa, I'm your host and I'm looking forward to discovering the latest news and trends with you. So thank you for listening and now Let's Talk Mercedes. What does mobility look like in the future? I mean, literally, what will cars look like? Will there even be cars or will there just be vehicles which look more like cabins, mobile living rooms or offices? The answer is simple. They will look like what the user's requirements will be. If you ask the young generation, one answer to that question is, I wish for a chameleon car where I wouldn't always be seen. At least that's what a current study says. I'm very curious what my guests will say about that idea and how they actually shape the future of mobility today with a brand new MBOX. Let's find out and let's talk Mercedes with, um, hey Mercedes, who are my podcast guests today? Maxi and Christian, they belong to the team that created me. They are like mother and father to me. Before you give us some background stories and insight into the development of UI, UX, um, interior design, and of course, technology, let's introduce you to the audience. Maxi, you were an UI portfolio manager. How do you describe your job to your granny? Oh, <laughs> good question. Um, well, I'd say that I'm responsible for the holistic user interaction concept of our cars. So everything that you interact with, um, has to be intuitive and has to be understood by our users. And this is what I am responsible for. I see in my head a very confused granny, but I understand what you're doing. <laughs> so this was a perfect introduction. Um, Christian, you are a senior manager UX design. What does your daily business look like? Well, we are our We are a creative team. We are just developing the gener new generation of all the series for MBUX. So two different job uh, functions and two different um, yeah, tasks every day. Before we talk about the changing requirements of the customers, the challenges of human-machine interactions and how the new collaboration uh, brought MBUX to the, yeah, let's say, next level, I have a little challenge for you. Our podcast fans know it already, but let me quickly explain it for everyone. I'll read out some lines and I'd like you to finish it. So no teamwork allowed. I know you, you love to work in a team, but this time no teamwork allowed. So first line, my earliest childhood memory in regard to car interior and infotainment is... I start, even though it's no teamwork allowed. <laughs> um, during a road trip with my family, with our car, listening to radio, because back then we only had 
radios in the car. No cassettes? Yeah. Okay, maybe cassettes, but we were listening to Yeah, because I remember the TP function, you know that, the the traffic program, and suddenly the volume increased, and it was really like a break um, of the story in the cassette. So I remember that one, the TP. It was a a button, something we miss in the new S class. So, uh, (laughs) Christian, um, what is your first memory? Yeah, I think my my very best memory was when I was in, in Frankfurt on the AII exhibition, and I think it was the first Mercedes with with CD with a CD player, <laughs> and it was amazing for me, you know, because I, you know, all the problems with the cassette tapes is just a lot of mess after uh, a while using them. And this was, was for me the big bang there, and also I can use it a little bit, and the sound was great, and yeah, I I enjoy it very much, yeah. So, secondly, if everything were technologically possible, my vehicle of the future would definitely have wings. Oh, cool. I I definitely think we need that in Stuttgart (laughs) um, to fly above the traffic. doesn't really have to do anything with with our work or infotainment, but... Maybe we can uh, give a hint to the colleagues. Yeah, (laughs) we should. (laughs) I think for me it's important that I can switch between autonomous driving and self-driving. I think this would be great for the future. If I'm tired, I just want to go by, be driven by autonomous cars. And if I want to, because I have also fun to drive a car, and I do it myself then, yeah. I think the audience is very happy out there. Even if a Mercedes guy says, I like driving. <laughs> so they say, <laughs> all right, true. there will be driving in the future um, at the end. So last line, thirdly, the moment I thought I would fail in the MBUX project was? Well, then the, when the guys from the software told me they do not have enough memory for all the cool designs that I prepared for them. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about it later if you, uh, if you could solve the problems all together. All right, Maxi? Um, I'd say never happening because I think there is always a solution if you work together with everyone and you find a compromise and this is not a bad one, but you find the best one for the customer. So um, I never really thought, oh my God, no, this is like failing because I'm in strong belief that we always find a good solution. That's a cool mindset. But we are going to talk about obstacles and challenges later. So maybe you can remember <laughs> at least there, one situation. Yeah. <laughs> There's always this one situation. Um, I've already mentioned that um, the new cooperation between your uh, departments uh, is yeah, actually new. And in your opinion, what is now possible in the new team, which um, wouldn't have been possible in the past? I think we we get much more closer in the last three or four years. Um, yeah. Before you had a, um, a, a kind of concept team, and the designer has just to draw it ni- uh, with nice colors and and uh, animations. And this changed dramatically in the last years. I think we have a very closed teamwork there together with the guys from concept, together with the guys from the software, and also the guys who are buying the hardware, you know. So it's just a very complex uh, topic to build a modern, intelligent uh, MBUX. Yeah, definitely, I'd subscribe that. So um, when I started working for Mercedes-Benz, it I think it was in the end that there were those separate um, teams and now we really found together and 
I think it's all about like cooperation and um, cross-functional um, teams that come to a better solution. Um, so we really see also that um, since we work together, we got like this cool new um, product MBUX out of it that we haven't had before. So um, this is definitely what I think in the last years happened. So bottom line is the conversation is really key, the um, yeah. working together and finding new ways. That's true, yeah. I mean, we have lively discussion, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes all the frictions, but I, I think this is very important. If you want to have the best uh, result at the end, of course, we are more the emotional guys, the right side of your brain, the guys from concept are more orientated. Is this ergonomic or not? So, um And but it's it's a process, you know. At the end, you will get the best thing then out of there. Yeah, I think the development of cars is something very very complex because technology will impact. I think nearly everything. So there will be new teams, and maybe you can uh, share your experiences because there's always this one first day, this first day where you have to work together. Can you describe what happened at this first day? Can you remember it? Well, we started already 2015, I think, for the first generation of MBUX. So it was at the beginning, yeah, quite complicated because, yeah, everybody uh, has his own opinion. It, it, and some of the people just want to, to go uh, further with the, with the old uh, way to do it. And of course, there have been some concerns, but after a while, everybody knows, okay, that's, that's a better way. It's, it's, it's so more interesting. It's, 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 it's more fun if everybody is involved in this in this project yeah and I know we started already in December 2016 with the MBX. so and it was quite quite new something like that you know because uh, two years before the MBX uh, market launch 2018 we started already to think about the next generation you know and For some of the, our directors, this was quite weird, yeah. <laughs> so I can remember, uh, because we designers want to have a, a radical approach sometimes, and we decided, okay, no more no more tubes in the instrument cluster, yeah. And this was a kind of revolution in a way, you know. But you see that that we, we, we are changing very fast our, our, our uh, infotainment system because we have to, you know. Nobody's talking about a five years old application in the digital world, nobody. Mm. That's a good point because um, it's not only necessary to hear to your um, diverse team, to the opinions of everyone. You also have to hear to one very strong voice. And this is the voice of the customers, um, Christian. Um, you said 2018, um, that was the year where the first MBUX was launched. Um, what is, in your opinion, the most significant change of needs um, and how did you implement it into the new MBUX? I think um, what we get back from also from the market is the level of complexity. So we improved our system very well with the first MBUX, I think. So uh, the voice recognition was much better and so on. The, the system is more intelligent. But we still had uh, the feedback from the market that the instrument class is still too complicated to deal with. And then we decided to change this. Yeah? Um, We decided to have a lower complexity there. You can have a contextual menu, so you just have to swipe left and right and you get everything what you want. Yeah, you can just change, uh, jump from navigation to services to assistance screens. So it's much easier to, to interact with that. And this natural interaction, I think, is a key. 
uh, of our success because you have the voice, you have all this uh, gesture recognition, touch displays there, and and it's also personalized. Yeah, I mean, there's someone. Uh, some sometimes there's this situation where you think, oh, this is the best solution we uh, we ever made, and this is so perfect. And then you try it, and you recognize, oh, we have forgotten to think about that or think about that one. Um, do you really test it, or how do you make sure that everyone really understands what this new function stands for? Yeah, sure. I mean. First, we test it on ourselves, and then because I mean we don't really if we, if it's not really grown, um, we shouldn't like go to other people to ask. And um, what uh, Christian said as an example with the classic tubes, I mean we thought, and I think probably with a younger mind and um, also the um, uh, feedback we got for the A class, why do we need tubes anymore? Why? I mean, wouldn't it be much cooler to have perfect contexts telling you a thing about navigation and you get everything that you need because tubes don't really have something to do with driving besides the historic fact. Um, but the customer study shows there are some customers that really like tubes. It's learned and they love it. And so they learned it so good that it's also easy for them to understand. So, I mean, after some thoughts and it hurt okay <laughs> we were wrong yeah then we put it in yeah sure so yeah but i think this is important that is it's a it's a process you know it's also we have to fail sometimes because yeah we are testing our uh, ui with maybe 50 60 people um so they have to drive the car and there there is a huge excel list there of what they want to have and and what's bad and what's good And after that, of course, sometimes we have to say, oh, my God, nice idea, but never, never, nobody's out there who, who can use it uh, like it was taught. And that is a good process also for us to learn uh, things. And it's you have to, to keep the balance between to be very advanced in a way and challenging because you have to have the new ideas. Otherwise, the market will yeah, overwhelm you sometimes, sometimes. But also you have to keep in mind that people... Uh, must understand your system, yeah, because it's a car operating system. Mm. Yeah, let me talk about that point a little bit more because um, you mentioned it before. The technology is developing so fast out there. Um, um, comparing to smartphone, we buy every two years a new smartphone. Um, our cars, I think we, uh, yeah, we own them a little bit longer. <laughs> so you have to look into the future. Kind of. So um, how do you know which trends to focus on and which customer wishes uh, you can anticipate today? I mean, you have just to walk with open eyes through, the, through your world yeah, as a designer and to anticipate what can be there. And yeah, there are a lot of uh, influences from, from the mobile phones, for instance, or other directions. Um, and we have to think what people are used to or what could be nice for the future. I mean, this augmented reality could be one big yeah, thing we yeah. can talk later about maybe. One trend is also the voice control. That's something which was rising up the last years. Um, comparing to the previous MBUX system, which improvement have you achieved in terms of voice control? First of all, I wanted to say like... Um that it's also the technology wasn't ready to do what we can do right now. So um, maybe we always 
um, had that in mind as a goal to get there where we are right now, but we weren't able as well as all the others in the world to create such a system. So now So we, what was specifically missing back um, then? Well, um, I'd say you need to code a system to understand what the user really needs and maybe also anticipate what the user needs. And this wasn't um, with such a quality that we have right now wasn't possible. So um, we started with a natural understanding that you don't really have to say specific lines, um, which was sure pretty cool, but still not as natural as we want it to be. And right now we really um, are there to um, have a system that you can talk to as an assistant um, you don't have to start with, first of all, you can say, hey, Mercedes, and then you get um, already the um, interaction started. But um, you can say more than one thing to control the car because um, the system waits for you. Maybe you want to do something more. The system learns things. If, if you, I don't know, have like, um, always um, Italian food when you start your interaction with Hey Mercedes then it learns okay next time the first suggestion will be Italian food because probably this is your preference but we even got there that you don't even have to say Hey Mercedes because we understand okay at this point you probably are talking to the car and want to interact something so you, we use other sensors, for example, the um, the camera that has a look at your eyes where you're looking at, um, that is also there for other systems, but we use it if you have a look, oh, you look at the central screen, you have a call that it's popping in, and then we say uh, accept, and the system anticipates, yeah, why would the user say accept when not wanting to accept the call that gets in, so... So I think that's a really tough task. Uh, how do you make sure that the car really understands what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we actually um, have a look at different accents, for example. We have a look at our users, um, also do user testing and um, really find out, okay, um, I mean, the Swabian language, for example. I mean, it's... <laughs> German, yes, but um, you might not understand it as easy. So our system has to be trained to learn that. And of course, the context is really important. So there's a lot of um, artificial intelligence necessary to find out what is said and if it makes sense in this um, context. Oh, that's so cool. If we can experience what is really behind the technology. I mean, we're sitting in the car and we just say, hey, Mercedes, and the car is uh, reacting. So it's it's perfect uh, to, to know what challenges um, had to be overcome. So thanks for these insights. And in each episode, we pick a recent headline to discuss. And this time uh, we've chosen one, and I've already mentioned it in the intro, in May WMN, um, that's a magazine by Funke Digital, published an article with the headline, I wish for a chameleon car where I wouldn't always be seen. That was a result of a study by German Aerospace Center where they asked students aged 14 to 16. So let me point out three aspects. I think 
they are behind that sentence of the chameleon car. Um, it's flexibility, it's privacy, and it's as well gamification. So um, how did you keep these aspects in mind when you developed the MBUX? I think that also the gamification is a big topic for our company also because, um, yeah, if, if you have you have spend more time in the car you, you, and you're just staying in a traffic jam or you have a level three, level four autonomous driving, then you have the possibility to, to play around with your screens, yeah. And uh, this is a big topic that drives us and we are already working on solution for that, yeah. So that the people... Uh, um, get a very luxurious experience in the car. It's more than about just driving or listening music. It's all about uh, the luxury experience in the car and a part of them could be this gamification topic and also real games in the on the rear seat maybe or um, collaborative games between uh, the people sitting on the rear and in the front together, yeah, if you are driving autonomous in the future. So it's it's a lot of fun playing with your kids in the rear if you are driving long distances. And it's a point for your keyword, AR. <laughs> so what have you invented for the new functions? I think we, is, we are first on market now with our huge AR yeah. uh, display, so 10 to 5. So the cool thing is on this AR that you have those navigation arrow exactly in front of you on the street, you know, it's a, it's a contact analog arrow there. So it's much easier to, to drive the car because it's, it's, it's the best passenger, co-passenger that you can have there. You know, it's, it's, it shows you exactly where you have to turn left, to turn right. And, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun to, to develop the system because you have to try a lot of things out. You have exactly to tune how the height of, oh, the height of the air above the road and so on, how far should it be in front of you when it will react. So, um, and also react on if you are turning the wheel left, right, um, the air will give you some, some hints that it, it recognizes your movement. So it's a cool, cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a playground for the engineers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, yeah it, it's a really good example to explain what we already said before. I mean, there comes um, a, a tech guy, I'd say, and says, what about an AR head-up display? Um, and for us, design and UI development, we're like, okay, cool, show us what it can do. And then we really have to work very closely together to find, um, uh, I don't know, a very cool way, intuitive way. And I think what we made is something that is um, natural because you get the information where you need it, like far in front so that you know, okay, this street I have to turn right or left and not guess uh, what it might be because it's very far away from the actual navigation where you have to go. But it's like playful and you can really play also with um, designs to get where you want to with this technology. And uh, speaking of gamification, the, the gamers are used uh, to um, their own profile. If they start a new game, they have their own settings, a new profile. Um, speaking of that, um, how did you implement that wish for, let's say, yes, my setting, my maybe my temperature in the car, everything else? How did you implement that in the new MBOX? 
I'd say that's also like a big new step that we took um, that customers anticipated because you you know this already from, for example, from your computer when you start working, you have your profile and you get everything that you um, set before. Um, why not in the car? So we really look I don't know, in the daily life of ourselves, what are cool things that we want to have and why couldn't we take it in the car? And um, so we created MBUX to really get to know you without set everything. I mean, you you do it anyways, your, your favorite temperature, your seat adjustments, your favorite radio stations, and we put it into profiles and... I think the hard thing is actually how you get to your profile. And I think we found very cool solutions for that as well with the face recognition, voice recognition, and even um, the fingerprint so that you don't have to use the boring um, pin anymore. Was there any discussion about fingerprint or face recognition? I mean, there are several uh, possibilities to, to use it. We want to have it like safe. So we choose what is the easiest but also safest way to get to your profile information. And um, at this point, we think the best way is to, for example, pay with your fingerprint and not with your face. Um, other things like unlocking your profile are totally fine via voice. So we really have a look at each specific use case um, to find the best solution for it and not just set on one solution because this might not be the best one. I mean, if you always have to put your finger um, for some profile action, it's also not natural or the fastest, coolest interaction. So we really have a look at each specific use case. So another topic you haven't mentioned yet, data security is also a big one. Um, Christian, you said... Um, Yeah, this is really important when we have a look at the future. There are these autonomous driving cars, but the current situation is we have to drive on our own or like a lot of customers of the S-Class, um, they are already being driven by their chauffeurs. So was that the reason why you decided to um, design the new MBUX from the rear seat and in which functions um, and features could you experience these Yeah, idea or this basic idea the best? Yeah, I mean, for the S-Class, of course, we thought about the chauffeur, chauffeur cars and you have more or less all the functionality on the rear seat exactly like the driver has. So this is a big improvement and you can share all, all the content um, over the four seats. Yeah, It doesn't matter if it's a music or uh, your, your podcast or however. So you just can switch between the suites The, the, the seats there in the car and we also thought that um, there are some important things like you can have the cabin the phone cabin if you would like to be um, in in the rear and nobody should hear what you're talking there so we solve this problem um, also for the future so it's very personalized for 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 each person sitting there And it's a big advantage for us, I think, especially also for the Chinese market. They want a lot of entertainment on the rear seat. Yeah, they want to 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 have shopping there, online shopping, gaming, and so on and so on. 
And yeah, we improved the system a lot, I think. However, we still need to drive our car and it's totally fine that we have all these entertainment stuff in the back seats and maybe uh, even for the driver, it's cool to have a new experience with all these entertainment stuff. But how do you make sure that the driver is not distracted by all these informations, entertainments around him? Christian looks at me because it's, it's more it's <laughs> Because more it's our, a tough question and you no, have to no, answer no, it. It's, it's, it's more our job and um, it's it's more our, um, I don't know, um, task to always, um, I'd say, hold back the crazy ideas. The crazy design have to be held back, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. So, sorry, it's too distracting. So um, <laughs> we have um, experts that specialized on those kind of things and we also do... Um, driver distraction tests if we are not sure. Um, and so uh, we know that um, this is still a car and maybe I heard um, some people drive like 250 on the Autobahn with uh, cars still. Mm -hmm. So um, we have to find a good way in between because yes, you drive, but You also want to be entertained and then there might be situations where you are not driving and you want to have the full entertainment um, right in your face um, and, I don't know, check your mails and um, do other things. And so we um, have, of course, created rules that we um, follow and we do user testing and um, we use also experts that work with us together in the team to um, create a situation that is safe, but still fun. I mean, it's not something that cannot come together. So, I mean, the main challenge for designers is always, if you like the, if you like the shape, then reduce one line. If you still like the shape, then reduce another line. Is it the same way with information? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, we have to be careful um, how we are dealing with this um, information overload during your, your driving so um, of course you want to have we want to have an emotional experience there during driving the car but we also um, orientated to have a kind of ease of use experience there so you have a very clear design here and therefore we we, deal, we developed a special style the understated style and it's reduced really to the max so you will just have your speed there um, you can um, have a complete uh, reduced head unit you see just your cover there if you're playing music and nothing more i read in a press release that the new mux is the embodiment of a human-centered innovation That's a big, big line. <laughs> so There's what do you say? What sounds, sounds great. Uh, what do you say? What makes it the embodiment of human-centered innovation? Well, I think, first of all, we, we improved also the position of our head unit, of our central display there. So it's in a very ergonomic place there. So you just, you do not have to, to lift your arm Uh, you can uh, touch every important controls directly with your fingers without lifting the arms. Um, you have also an instrument cluster with a stereoscopic display, so you get a kind of 3D effect there. So it's it's very, very nice to see it, and it, it, it makes a lot of fun, especially if you're driving the, the performance um, style. 
And yeah, it's, it's this mixture of, of language, of voice, uh, of gesture. We have also a haptic touch there. So there are a lot of, of things that, that are working there together. Um, and yeah, it's also designed, you know, um, it's, it's the central display is, 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 is very well implemented in, in the dashboard in the car. You know, it's not something strange, not a strange thing there. Uh, it's, it's designed and everything around you, uh, feels like a luxury car, like an S class, you know, doesn't matter if it's the ambient light, the seats, the, the system, the MBUX system, uh, it works all together. Yeah. In that way, I think we didn't make any compromises. We thought of the fullest in, on every level. And it's also the way that we developed it. Um, everyone had to have in mind the customer first, not just develop a feature no one needs. No, we always came from the customer that is in the middle of all our development thoughts and not just, I think, our departments, but The whole company um, really changed the mind um, how our cars have to be developed. Um, speaking of the customers, I, I love the um, yeah I love the word human-centered innovation. Uh, a lot of people are talking about um, customer centricity, and then I ask, okay, customer centricity, what is with the users? Because it's crystal clear if you are talking about baby products, for example, the user is not the customer. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a big gap sometimes between. So I love it that you say human-centered innovation. But let me ask you that question at the end. Um, who needs UX, UI, all these HMI uh, systems currently more? The user to get from A to B or the car manufacturers to, let's say, remain interesting for the customers and users in the future? Very interesting. I'd, um, I I think we love our jobs, so maybe the second um, <laughs> the second argument is uh, very reliable. But um, I think if our users wouldn't need it, um, we wouldn't do it. So this is very important that um, people need still need this, um, and the system gets more complex, and so happily. Um, we get more, um, or our jobs get get more um, important. Um, yeah, but I mean, just ask those people what's the difference bet between 20 years ago with Radio Becker or Blaupunkt and yeah. now the new system. Yeah, where's more more fun? Where can you get more information, useful information? Yeah, just you want to go out, you just say, "Hey, Mercedes, please search for an Italian restaurant," and bam! After three seconds, you have the answer. Yeah, so it makes your your life easier. Of course, there are a lot of functions, but you are not forced to use them. Yeah, uh, but there are a lot of people out there uh, who are using those those function. And yes, we have to take care about uh, this overwhelming uh, system sometimes because also we have the feedback from the market. There is there are differences between people older than maybe 60. Um, for them, it's a little bit harder to have all this touch screens and functions, but uh, people younger than 50, they, they say, oh, cool. Yeah, what a cool system. Yeah, And I, I some, they call me sometimes in my neighborhood because a lot of people also from Daimler live near me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the other ones uh, also gave me a cool feedback when they see my car with, with MBUX, say, yeah, cool system, the nicest one on the market. Yeah, So that's, that's also yeah. for me a motivation. At the end of our episode, we 
would like to ask you um, about the future mobility. What should be, in your opinion, invented or is missing or should be more widely distributed? Christian. Well, I mean, the individual mobility is a piece of freedom for me. Yeah. So I always will opt that this is important for everybody that you you can drive by yourself or automatic uh, autonomous driver however but i think uh, this still be in, in place in 10 years or 20 years that people want to have the freedom to to drive somewhere yeah and that's important for me and uh, we should um, keep this for the future so it's my opinion yes please <laughs> And put in some more gamification skills into the car. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> so Maxi's turn. Let me guess. There's something with wings. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm starting with the um, simple problems, but I think the most urging ones at this point. So this is for for one um, traffic jams um, that we do have, um, and also on the other hand, like. Um, The environment, like get new sustainable ways to get from A to B. But I'm I'm with Christian that I I love to drive a car, um, and I I love to to do road trips and to drive fast or slow in my own pace that I do um, want to um, at this point. So I I really hope that there is a solution that gets rid of traffic jams um, is good for our environment, but still gives us the freedom to um, drive our own car. Yeah, and we can solve this by um, artificial intelligence that the cars are connected in and you, you can uh, um, solve this problem for the future. I'm, I'm sure about that. Yeah. yeah, And if you have electric cars or um, hydrogen cars for the future, so um, it will still be there, the car, I think, in 20 years. Yeah, I'm so totally with you because there's nothing gained if we are stuck in the same traffic jam just with an electric car. So it makes no sense. Thank you so much, Maxi and Christian, for being here. Thanks for all the insights. We will take a further look into our future in the upcoming episode, the next episode of our S-Class special. So if you don't want to miss the next episode, subscribe to our podcast, Let's Talk Mercedes. And of course, we would love to hear your feedback. So leave a rating and a comment. Um, thanks for tuning in. And hey, Mercedes, how do you like that episode? I love it. After all, it's about me. Like a famous rapper used to say, I'm awesome, and I know that.